and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 11 of our Road to 2021 mini-series. And as always, you're joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please feel free to tell your family and friends about them. Take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians. And if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com, which you can also find in the show notes below or any of our Instagram bios. So Jack, let's get cracking. Episode 11, how has your past week been? Yeah, so this week's been really good. And as many of you know, I was deloading this week and I did a seven week training block before that. And this week I decided to deload because I was ready to. And in terms of how I structured this week's deload, I did three full body days at the gym on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And overall volume was lower. So I probably did closer to like 10 to 12 sets per body part for the whole week. And I lowered intensity by about 20% for each exercise as well. Mm -hmm. So that allows me to still feel like I'm I'm definitely not training hard, but enough to feel like I get a good pump. And yeah, basically sessions take me a lot lot less time. And to be honest, I don't really like being in the gym that much while I'm deloading anyway. Um, It it feels better than um, not doing anything, but it's as many of you know who's deloaded, it's not quite the same as training. Not at all, you know, but it's certainly necessary. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's interesting because I always enjoy... I always look forward to the deload and that usually lasts about the first day of the deload week. (laughs) And then I'm ready to get back into normal training just because of how rewarding training feels. Like when you, when you hit a PR or in terms of feeling, feeling like you've accomplished something or just pushing your body in general, it just feels good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want that happy medium where you get to the end of a mesocycle, you're pretty exhausted and you're like, Man, I'm kind of looking forward to a, a little bit of a break, right? But yeah, mm. certainly at the end of the deload, you're just like, you know, you're rejuvenated, right? You're recovered and you're like, I'm ready to hit it again. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think the same thing applies to holidays, you know, like people who go through months of very, you know, and if they're coinciding this with their health and fitness goals, like months of very regimented diet and training, you know, following a very specific plan. And then they get to the end of that and, you know, you're just, you're pretty tired. You're a bit exhausted, kind of burnt out. And you're just like, man, I really just want to go away for a week in Bali and just chill the heck out. Right. Mm. But then when you're kind of flying home from Bali, you know, you're like pretty excited to get back into the gym, you know, and, um, weigh some rice. <laughs> yeah. Unless like you're like you and you've been training in Bali. Yeah, the whole that's time. true. Hey, right back at you, man. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that gym we trained at? It was like Doug's or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, no, not in Bali in Thailand. It was some dodgy gym, mm. gym in Thailand, but Hey, they had weights. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I'll be entering back into training on Monday, of course, starting with an upper day. And the way I, I usually approach my training on the first week back is basically to probably lower intensity slightly from where I ended in my final week of training and probably lower volume very slightly as well, which is, which is different to what I've done in the past where I'll usually try and match my lifts and end up going to failure or close to failure. 
and and then I would just be in a sticky situation for the rest of that block because not some people can progress that easily week to week mm-hmm. like they can go to failure in the first week and then be okay but for me like especially with things like a bench press if I go and hit um, let's say if I was trying to do like I ended on 105 for three by eight if I tried to do that again I'd probably be pretty close to failure and then I would just wouldn't be able to go anywhere from there mm-hmm. like I would have to regress Yeah, exactly. And I think what it comes down to there is really your training age. Like if you're a beginner, if you're an intermediate, or if you're more of an advanced trainee, because generally if you're advanced, you're going to be a hell of a lot stronger. Even if you know you're getting on intermediate trainee, you're still pretty damn strong. So it's very different for you, right? Going on to these lifts, which can be anywhere between 100 to 200 kilograms kind of thing, compared to a beginner who might be coming back to a lift that's only 20 kilograms. You know, Mm. it's you're putting a hell of a lot more stress on your body. So yeah, nothing else. My nutrition stayed pretty much the same, really. I, I do tend to lose a bit of weight during a deload due to the fluid shift of uh, less inflammation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think my weight, my weight dropped down by like 500 grams and it's come back up slightly. And that's keeping nutrition about the same. I'm probably mm-hmm. doing, uh, I'm probably doing the same amount of steps mm-hmm. as usual. Yeah, we're still going for dog walks. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, nothing, it's not been that much of an exciting week. Mm-hmm. So just been keeping up with client work and yeah, we, um, I'm enjoying working with Callum who's going to be competing this season for season B men's fitness. And we, I actually posted an update of him on the bodybuilding dietitians Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's looking good and looking forward to see what he brings to the table in I think 17 weeks time now. 16 weeks now. Yeah, 16 weeks. It's well, 16 weeks for the Queensland show. A bit of a different week depending on which state you're in here in Australia. But yeah, Callum's looking awesome, you know, for this far out. And he's just got those ratios, man. He's got that tiny little waist and those broad shoulders should be really good for men's fitness. So Mm. yeah, and it just goes to show, you know, like sometimes you never truly know, like especially if if you're coaching a client for the very first time, especially to their first show, it's kind of a discovery as a coach yourself what their physique truly looks like as you continue to get body fat off Mm. because you might discover like as someone continues to lose weight like wow this person you know their their skeleton they actually have a really small waist right and you don't know that until you actually one get down to those body fat levels and then if you coach that client for reoccurring seasons you already have that prior knowledge Mm. but it's always exciting the first time coaching someone and um yeah, it's it's mm. like a discovery, but it's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got a really good um, shoulder to waist ratio, mm-hmm. and yeah, we didn't. I kind of uh, assumed it, like not assumed, but I thought it might be the case. But because he mm-hmm. stores, he has stored quite a bit of body fat on his waist. But now mm-hmm. that that's gone, it's it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's just a lot more evident, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. Not much else to. I'm look just looking forward to get getting back into training. I think I'll be having about four weeks of 
in a surplus. So trying to get back to, not back, but up to 94, which I'm not far off from. And then that'll pretty much commence my mini cut. Damn, not long now, mm. right? Because man, if we're 16 weeks out from the ICN Queensland show, we'll most likely be, they haven't released the dates for season A 2021 yet, but we're most likely to be starting prep just around then. So yeah. Oh, boys, not long until we're we're back into it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll be doing a mini cut, probably trying to lose about six kilos in about six weeks, mm-hmm. which is just over 1% of my body weight a week. And from there, I'll be maintaining or a slight surplus. So I'll probably, I would like to be in a slight surplus. So then I can, because I'll probably be maintaining for six to eight weeks. So I would mm-hmm. like to try and give myself some chance of muscle gain in that period and being in a slight surplus will be more advantageous for that. Yeah, exactly. And Mm. then hopefully starting my prep at about 90 kilos and like I'm going to be very keen to see where my body weight lies for my approximate stage weight. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, because I competed at about 76 on stage last time. Mm -hmm. That was fully carved up and just due to my muscle density at the time because I grew up playing a lot of soccer my my lower body has always been more dense so I like I my that was lean enough mm-hmm. like especially my glutes they were they were probably the leanest part of me which is <laughs> weird um he got the walnuts <laughs> but my upper body just lacked mus- muscle density which I think this time will be very different yeah and so I'm I'm hoping like 70 around 77 will be my stage weight Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people will think wow like he hasn't changed at all Mm -hmm. um but we got to remember that I'm aiming to be leaner this time like a lot leaner on Mm -hmm. stage and also like it's just natty bodybuilding (laughs) yeah exactly but hell to show up on stage you know leaner and with an extra kilogram right or potentially more right like Mm. god knows your back is gonna look like a completely different back next time that you compete right so who knows what your actual stage weight will be but that's the thing it's it's damn impressive right Mm. (laughs) but yeah anyway i've got at least 17 kilos to lose which is why I've chosen for a mini cut. Like I did debate just being more aggressive at the start of the prep, but I think 17, considering I lost 16 kilos last time and that was really tough. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, I'm, I can grind through something that's tough, but it's also, I want to make this prep the easiest it can be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into the prep thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to grind really hard and get this done because it should be the opposite. I want it to be as easy as it can be. I want to incorporate as much high days as I can, as many diet breaks as Mm -hmm. I can, because at the end of the day, I want to maintain the most amount of muscle. Yeah. And you're using your knowledge and your skills to your advantage. You know, you can base off what you learned from your previous prep, which you would have had three years between competitive seasons, which is a hell of a lot of time. Right. And, you know, you're using your education to your advantage because, you know, now that like, okay, it's probably a bit more strategic to because I'm planning well ahead to do a cut and then do a solid maintenance slash slight gaining phase and then enter the prep, you know? So, Mm. yeah, it's good. uh, Yeah. The other factor is I haven't I haven't dieted seriously since that prep Mm -hmm. because I mean, I did that mini cut for three weeks that doesn't really count (laughs) so what that's that's three weeks out of 156 weeks or something oh my gosh a lot of that time i had to maintain due to my back but i I wasn't really in a deficit that Mm -hmm. that time but 
yeah, like I'm going to treat the six week mini cut as I, I, my, because in that time period, I could, my body could have changed how I respond to an aggressive deficit or mm. a deficit in general. So we'll just see how it goes. And that'll give me a lot of data for how to approach my comp prep as well. Yeah. And something that we're going to do different this time is we're actually going to get some Dexter scans as well. So you're going to get a scan at the very peak of your off season because yeah. that'll just be awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get one right before we both start prep and then right at the end of our prep which should be cool. So yeah. yeah. And that's something we haven't done. I, like during uni, I had like when we were in like exercise physiology pracs and stuff, like luckily I got to volunteer and do a Dexter scan, but that was like years ago. And I was like mm. 57 kilograms, right. And a little runner. Um, but now it's, it's going to be really, really cool to actually be able to track that sort of data. And we should probably even get blood work as well. You know, I think that would actually be really interesting mm. to get a hormonal profile and yeah, it, that would be cool. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I would, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing the testosterone mm-hmm. drop and hopefully it's not as much as last time, but <laughs> it probably will be. And yeah, I've never had a DEXA before. So I'm, I'm keen to see what that says. Like I'm, I'm not going to, I think my body weight, body fat will be quite high, probably mm-hmm. like 18 to 20%. Yeah. But at the same time, it's more just to see the the ratio of loss. Yeah. I'm not really worried about the number. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing as well. Yeah, we're really looking at how much lean mass do you have on you at these different time points? Because that's the main thing. We want to see how much lean mass you can retain and how much mm. lean mass you've built. Um, and that's with Dexter scans, they're always going to be a higher body fat percentage than whatever else other method that you're using, because it takes into account your visceral fat. So the fat around your organs, whereas other methods, they just take into account subcutaneous fat, which is the fat on your skin. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing we're going to have to consider as well that you brought up is that obviously being on like six to 700 carbs a day right now, my glycogen stores are always full. Mm -hmm. And the way, if you don't know about DEXA scans, the way they kind of function is they do account water weight as lean tissue. Mm -hmm. So if I, if my glycogen stores are maxed out, that means I'm retaining a lot more fluid to store those carbohydrates compared to when I'm very flat Mm -hmm. in prep. So like what we'll do is not, I won't, get a DEXA scan on my low day. I'll probably get it on my yeah. at the end of my high days. Because that would just be sad, right? It's like you've lost 10 kilograms of lean mass and it's like, no. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that will definitely be strategic to definitely do it after like two or three high days, right? Mm. So it's the... But the interesting thing is, is that based off my previous dieting, I'm usually the lightest after those three high days. Mm-hmm. So Me too. Yeah. But how does, how can your glycogen stores be f- completely full yet? I think it's, I think it's really a combination of having those higher carbohydrate days and just reducing stress. Obviously they haven't been able to clarify what exactly it is on a physiological level, but we all know that when we are less stressed, we are less inflamed. We do just tend to hold on to less, just extra fluid in our tissues. And, uh, that's what I think it is. I think that you are definitely maximizing, well, getting pretty close to synthesizing as much glycogen as you can while simultaneously just reducing that extra fluid, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember days in prep where I my I was on like 150 grams of carbs per day on my low days when I was really grinding it out. 
And like my body was so stressed out. Like my legs were just like full of fluid. My feet were so freaking swollen. They could hardly fit into my heels. When the week prior, you know, when I wasn't as stressed out, my feet were slipping around in my heels because I'd lost so much fat off my feet. So <laughs> gosh, uh, there's just these little things like that. But then after two high days, my weight would drop by like maybe two kilograms or something. And I'm feeling way better and you look way better. So yeah, it's that extra fluid. But man, like, the fluid shifts deep in prep, they, they're just really wacky and they can really get to your brain, you know? So that's why it's good to just have someone or just like really trust the process and implement high days and be like, it's okay. You know, you're going to pee it out. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that should be really, really good. Yeah. How's your week been though? Man, this past week has been awesome. So I guess with, so originally I wasn't going to do a deload, but I actually chose to implement an auto-regulated deload. And it's not necessarily because I felt physically fatigued, but it's more just, I felt a little bit mentally fatigued with just doing very, you know, highly regimented training, you know, tracking absolutely everything. And I just had this realization that I haven't actually had a break from strategically tracking my training probably for a solid few years, right? I think maybe that one week we went to Thailand, right? But even prior to my 2018 comp prep, you know, like writing down every single workout, every single set, every single rep, every single weight in my, in my little log book, which I did for years. And I did that throughout that improvement season, throughout that prep, the following 2018 and 19 improvement season, all throughout my past 2020 comp prep. And even since I finished prep, I've gone right back to tracking, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, like that's how you're going to get great results. If you do keep track of your data and aim to progressively overload and always, you know, keep pushing yourself and, uh, you know, really measuring those aspects. But I just realized like, man, I just want to go into the gym and I just want to train and I don't want to do anything else. Right. Like I just want to, yeah, I just want to have a good time, you know? Um, so, and it was nice because it coincided with your deload too, because uh, the last time I deloaded was around six weeks ago, but this time I didn't necessarily yet take a deload from a exhaustion point of view, or I was just physically fatigued. It was more just a nice mental break. So what I did was I coincided my deload with Jack's deload. So we still both trained just three days per week. And what I pretty much did is I just went into the gym each of those three days and I just trained full body and I just did exercises that I enjoyed, you know, and I didn't open up my spreadsheets once. I didn't track any of my numbers, you know, or I didn't write anything down. I wasn't like aiming and really pushing myself to beat certain numbers. I wasn't going anywhere near failure. I was simply just training and having a really freaking good time. And I can't even explain how freeing it felt. It just felt so good to just train. So I had an awesome week from a training point of view. And um, yeah, the workouts were just fun. I got epic pumps. Just, yeah, I just felt sensational. And from that, I've kind of had a realization that I actually really enjoy full body training. And I've always known that I have very good recovery capacity. You know, I can do a massive leg workout and the next day I'm not sore. Which You're not sore. No. <laughs> but And your glutes are always sore. 
No, my glutes aren't. My glutes are sore probably one day of the week. That's on a Sunday. And that's after I do Smith machine lunges on the Saturday. Cause those things just stretch the hell out of your glutes and they're, they feel a bit tender after a Saturday, but every other day I'm just like, I want to train again. You know, like I know that I could train again. So what I've kind of had a realization with is that I want to stay open-minded. I want to try new things. And if there is a time, I feel like this is probably the time to try something new because I've been doing three lower body days and two upper body days for years now. I've been training in that manner for so many years now. And I always generally feel really recovered and I feel like I can handle higher volume. So What I would actually like to do starting this new mesocycle, so starting tomorrow, I'm actually going to try a full body split. So a full body split five days per week, but I need to obviously be very, very strategic about it. So I'm writing the program right now. It's almost finalized. I just obviously need Jack's Jack's input, you know, and um, a tick of approval. He's like, Terry, you can't hip thrust five days a week. Uh, even though I, yeah, I love training glutes, but I won't do that to myself. But, you know, there is new evidence coming out to show that, you know, you can distribute your volume across the week. And this has been, you know, uh, very evident from certain people in this industry. So Eric Helms, he demonstrated that he did full body splits throughout his entire 2019 comp prep. Jeff Nippard himself, he does full body splits now. Jeff Nippard actually recorded a really awesome podcast talking about his rationale behind full body splits on the Stronger by Science podcast over with uh, Greg and Eric. So highly recommend listening to that. That was awesome. But I just want to try it like, you know, and if it doesn't work out, you know, and I obviously don't recover, I'm not getting the results I want, then I just go back because I know that three lower and two upper work, but that doesn't mean the that's the only that thing that works. What <laughs> Jeff and Eric have both said though, is that it's not a, same as twice a, twice a day training. That sounds really weird. <laughs> um, what they both said about that is it's not a way to increase your volume. It's just yeah. a way to distribute it differently. Yeah, that, exactly. So I... I want to be able to distribute it so I can get higher quality volume because I know, you know, at the end of a leg workout, right. Or at like the end of an upper body workout, you know, when you finally get to those exercises, like leg curls, or you're doing some bicep curls or something, you're just freaking like, you're pretty darn tired from the four or five or six exercises prior. And you're like, I know if I was fresh, I could give really my all to this exercise. I could probably go up in weight. I could probably do more reps, just get better quality volume. But I'm just fatigued at this point because I'm at the end of my massive leg workout. So what I want to do is I want to equally distribute it across the week so that each day I'm I'm hitting a, each body part each day for the most part, right? But um, I'm just really nailing that exercise and then I'm moving on to something else absolutely fresh because... I feel like if I can fully recover from a massive leg workout on a Monday and feel fresh on the Tuesday, you know, and still like be like, I could probably train my glutes again, even though I know I trained them really hard yesterday. Like, why not take a bit of that volume away from the Monday, put it onto the Tuesday? Like, I just, it's something I just want to try, you know, and I'm definitely not saying it's superior, but I'm certainly saying that it might work as well. I know three lower and two upper works, but maybe this might work as well. And if there's any point in my training career so far that I should try it, I want it to be now. So 
yeah, I'm pretty excited, you know, to um, try this out. And also what's exciting is that it's going to allow me to get in more variety in as well with my exercises. So like if I'm only previously, if I've only been training upper body twice per week, now if I'm doing upper body exercises every day of the week, I can add in slightly different movements. You know, I can start doing like cable chest flies again, which is a movement that I absolutely love, you know, uh, for my lower body days, instead of just doing like leg curl variations, I can now add in more back extension work, different things. But, you know, Luckily from prior experience, I know what I get really sore from, you know, and I also know the movements that I want to be really fresh for. I think there's, uh, there's one exercise I know I get really sore from that's Smith machine lunges. Mm. So I'm doing that on my last uh, day of the week, which is a Saturday. And I do that as my first exercise so that I have the full Sunday to rest. Um, also there's two exercises I want to be really fresh for, cause I want to keep progressing with them. That's barbell RDLs. So I'm going to put that first thing on a Monday um, session because I would have rested on the Sunday. And then I also want to keep progressing with my barbell bench. So I'm going to be doing barbell bench first thing on a Thursday after my Wednesday rest. So a lot of different things to take into account, but uh, I'm excited nonetheless to just try this out and see if it works. And again, if it doesn't, I'll just go back to what I know worked prior, but I think it is worth a shot and to keep my mind open and, uh, you know, just try out new ways of training. Cause I love training. And if I'm going to be doing this for the next couple decades, you know, I want to keep really, really enjoying it and really looking forward to it. So yeah, that's me from a training point of view. Um, nutrition. Yeah. I pre- basically kept it the exact same this past week, even though we are deloading cause we're still really active throughout the week. Um, you know, when you're not in the gym, you're still going for long walks and meeting up with people and doing things. So nutrition still the same. So eating like around 180 grams of protein between 40 to 45 grams of fat and carbs, depending on the day vary between 325 to 375 grams. Uh, body weight stayed the same, which is awesome. Still, um, you know, hitting that goal of just maintaining around 64 kilograms, which is really good. And other than that, you know, this week's just been awesome. So that, that podcast with Sherelle and Danny on the level up podcast that was, uh, released and just got such wonderful feedback from that episode. It, oh man, I've just been over the moon by how many people really found value and education in that episode. And what absolutely blew my mind is that yesterday I actually got some private voice messages sent to me from Hattie Boydell. So, oh my gosh, I can't, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, Jack, you're not going to believe who I just got a DM from. (laughs) And they're speaking to me. Uh, But Hattie Boydell, she's like the number one woman I admire in this fitness industry. I've looked up to her as a role model for so many years, just who she is as a person, you know, the way she carries herself, who she is as an athlete, who she is as a coach, you know, just, wow, what an inspirational, well-spoken woman and absolutely such a beautiful human being. But pretty much she actually listened to my podcast with Sherelle and Danny, and uh, she's good friends with them. I believe she actually coaches Danny and she's been on their podcast prior, but she listened and she sent me some really, really kind, heartfelt, uh, private voice messages, just saying how much she enjoyed the podcast. And, um, that just meant the absolute world to me to actually be recognized by someone like her in the industry. So boy, that absolutely made my day and, ah, wow. 
but yeah it's been a great week you know we've caught up with some friends i caught up with my good friend kate mellers so you guys might have you guys would remember kate she was actually my first client ever so last year when jack and i took on our very first clients um I took on Kate Mellers, who competed in bikini and AWMBS, and she actually took out the overall championship for AWMBS bikini, which was amazing. And, you know, we coached Oliver as well through um, Men's Physique, and now they're dating, and it's living happily ever after, <laughs> which is really sweet. Um, so we're not just the bodybuilding dietitians, we're also the relationship dietitians. <laughs> but yeah, I caught up with Kate because she's actually just finished her Master's of Dietetics degree too. So it was so nice to just catch up with her, have some lunch, go for a nice walk in the sun. And um, that was good. We met up with uh, Alex as well, the president of Sports Nutrition Australia, went for a nice <laughs> walk with his two German shepherds and our little puppy border collie um, yesterday afternoon. So that was really fun. And Sam really held her own, you mm. know. <laughs> she was a bit intimidated at first, but <laughs> both of them weighed double her. So. Yeah, like 36 kilograms versus 15. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, that was sweet. I think she, yeah, at the start, you know, Sam was like, just like submitting, you know, mm. she'd just roll onto her back and be like, please don't hurt me, please don't eat me. But they were just big goofballs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, it's just been, you know, another good week. We had all of our new Team TBD shirts arrived. We had to put in another order for our t-shirts. So that was great. Those came through and... I guess something else is that restrictions here in Queensland, they've been eased early, about a week early. So gyms are back to 24-7. Yeah, which means we can start training at World Gym Brisbane again. Woohoo! Which is great. <laughs> and we'll probably train there three days a week at Macrovat twice a week. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it'll be good. Both of them have very slightly different equipment. Mm -hmm. Like I prefer training at Brisbane on the upper days because they have a few nice pieces and Mal Cravatas has got amazing selection for leg day especially yeah it's just especially like lying leg curl leg extension yeah the mm -hmm. belt squat hack squat it's mm -hmm. got some really good good quality stuff yeah absolutely both are such awesome gyms and yeah it should be really good now to upgrade to that world's gym passport so we can just go to all of the world's gyms because not maybe i'm biased but it's probably the best chain of gyms especially if you're a bodybuilder right <laughs> so i'm just saying I, I mean i love it all gyms are great but world's gym is fantastic yeah i'm keen to be back in brisbane man like that's my favorite place to hip thrust you know right next to that big roller door like a beautiful breeze you've got some sun just yeah i'm keen to be back at brisbane you know mm. it should be fantastic and uh you definitely can't beat the lighting. <laughs> yeah, it's very good lighting. Yeah, but oh, overall, fantastic week. But um, that's pretty much all for me. It should be great moving into this next week as well. But, you know, final thing we end on, one thing we want to improve. So, Jack, heading into this new week, feeling fresh, you know, after your deload, what do you want to improve? So I would like to just make sure that I approach my first week back correctly, not go too hard keep the volume slightly lower and because one thing about that's unique about this training block is i'll be mini cutting during it mm -hmm. so i'll be doing four weeks and then probably the fifth week i'll be mini cutting which just means like associated with the mini cut my recovery won't be as good i'll be losing quite a bit of body weight rapidly so there might be i mean it's 
for me, it's unrealistic to expect my, I'll have the same strength improvements. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'll still try just as hard and I'll be very happy if I can progress as well, but just got to keep that in mind as well. So Mm -hmm. everything has to be in point. And if I build up too much fatigue prior to the mini cut, then probably won't go as well. Yeah. But heck, you know, like some people, it depends on where you are with your body composition. So, you know, Mm. if you're starting off, I'm not calling you fat. (laughs) I'm most certainly not. Um, But like, if you start off at a higher body fat percentage, sometimes people find that their performance in some movements actually improves, you know, like hip hinging movements, chin-ups are a number one that can improve. So different things like that. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And you'll still be eating hella carbs even while you're cutting. So Mm. yeah, so should be good. I'm excited. (laughs) What about you? Uh, What I want to, well, I'm not sure if it's necessarily what I want to improve, but I guess just because this next week, you know, moving into this new full body split, it's certainly going to be a learning experience, you know, and I know I'm saying right off the bat, I'm not going to get it perfect from the get go. You know, I'm probably going to have to modify a few things being like, okay, I probably can't have those two exercises on those days back to back because I'm just, I'm not recovered in my chest or I'm not recovered, you know, in my arms or my back or whatever it may be. So there will be some slight modifications, but really just experiencing this new week. And I like you trying to be responsible, you know, take yep. care of myself, not uh, not get too sore the very first week back into a new mesocycle. But yeah, I'm um I'm excited nonetheless, you know. It's it's all it's like when you're it's just like starting a new plan, you know, or like when someone signs up, you know, for coaching or something. It's the first week, you're highly motivated, you're really keen to try something new. So, yeah, lots of excitement over here. But yeah, awesome. guys, uh that is the end of the 11th episode. Yeah, if you guys enjoyed it, please remember to share it, uh tag myself, tag Tierra tag tbd on your instagram stories and we'll catch you guys next week ciao